This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada big, bada boom. Welcome to the 96th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have our episode five recap from Marvel's Moon Knight. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy the 96th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy doody, episode 96 of the Drive-In Podcast has arrived. Shout out Meta World Peace from the 2009 Houston Rockets. This is Dr. O on the horn, an emotional Dr. O on the horn, I should say. After quite the penultimate penultimate episode of Moon Knight, um, I'm joined as always by the one and only Ricky Flicks. Ricky Flicks, did you watch this episode at 3 a.m. again? 6 a.m. Wow. We pushed it back a couple hours, Ricky Flex. I'm proud of you. A couple hours. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It was tough, but I made it. So what made you want to watch at 6 a.m.? Is that just because you wanted to record earlier today? Or what was the thought process behind this decision? I woke up and I decided I really wanted to see what was going to happen here in this uh, afterlife for uh, Mr. Moon Knight, Mark Spector, and Stephen Grant themselves or himself. Okay, yeah. So you talked about this underworld that Stephen Grant and Mark Spector are now, they find themselves in. Uh, they at, at the end of last episode, uh, Mark and Stephen, they find each other within this asylum that the audience isn't really sure about its true setting, whether it's taking place in Mark's mind, whether it's just uh, all in, like, I guess he's just in this purgatory state. But what we find out at the end of the episode, okay, we there is a hippo that they are confronted with, uh, a very funny-looking hippo, a very welcoming hippo. Uh, her name is Tawaret, and she is the goddess of children and women, right? So we have her confronting these two at the end of episode four. And into episode five, we find out that they are in, talking about Mark and Stephen, the underworld one form of the underworld they make it very clear in this episode they don't use the word hell they use the word underworld they don't say heaven they say this alternate place okay it seems like they're respecting religions of all sorts by doing egyptian, this egyptian underworld. could be egyptian yes i uh, yeah okay um definitely ricky flex i want to get your instant reactions to this episode i kind of want to berate you because you're making me podcast regarding this episode directly after I saw it. And I don't know how to feel. I am in, I'm an emotion. I'm in a glass case of emotion as one Ron, one Ron Burgundy said, and you got to sit on this for hours on hours. I think I'm going to be up thinking about this episode for the next week. So what were your initial reactions? My initial reactions were, was okay. That is, I think what they should have, 
like as in the director and Oscar Isaac, that should have been the ending, like, oh, teasing episode, the end of episode five, not the end of episode four. I, if I, if we're being honest here, because that's more of what I was in shock about the ending of this episode than episode four, I guess, like when I say shock, I mean, like, um, obviously seeing a hippo on screen at the episode four, that was the shock factors, not going to beat that. I mean, just like actually like purposeful to the series end of episode five, for sure. I did not see, see Stephen Grant dying at the end of this or in being in that stone state, if you don't want to say death, um, did not see that coming. So I was just more in shock. And definitely, I think the episode, similar to episode four, where I, done, I didn't necessarily love it as in like exciting, but I just appreciate it. You know, like, I just think it's very good. It's not like what I want to see, I guess, because I, I want to see this again, like going back to last week, not to be too repetitive here. It's like what I want to see, but my expectations are so high is that I want to like, I still want to see some more action. I do. It's not enough, but those are my initial reactions. What about you after just finishing it? What are your initial reactions? You don't look happy with me. I, th- I thought I didn't expect this take. Um, I thought this reasserts the fact that we don't need to see the suit to get a good Marvel episode. I agree. And it, no, I, I think it's Ricky, very good. I think it's very good. This is the best. Ep- I loved episode four. This is the best episode in the history of Marvel TV. Disagree. This is in this was the best storytelling in the history of Marvel TV. This is up I with the with best of MCU movies in terms of storytelling. And then acting wise, this is arguably the best acting in the history of the MCU. This episode. So this was an insane performance by Oscar Isaac so- and the issues they tackle regarding childhood trauma and this person that suffers from this dissociative identity disorder the way they are able to recon- reconcile okay with one another in these different identities and the reveals that like that came from this episode the storylines that came full circle i was in as i said before a glass case of emotion i didn't know i i felt like i was gonna cry multiple times in this episode and i'm still like taking this in because i thought this i can't believe you watched this at 6 a.m i feel like that might have hurt your experience to be honest if i watch this at 6 a.m i don't know if i'd be able to go to work and just like and channel myself i gotta be productive today do my like nine to five job i'm glad i watched this afterwards but i'm not happy i'm podcasting right after because i don't even know how to correctly direct my feelings about this episode other than the fact i think it was clearly the best episode in the history of the MCU and one of the best overall storytelling projects in the history of the MCU. Again, I agree. Like this is a very good episode and it's up there. I think Loki, this like initial reactions as well. I was like, eh, the Loki at the end of season Loki. I liked, I enjoyed that more than this. I for sure did. So different. I know it is, so but you're saying, but you, the whole reason is, is the that was so episode. great. But the whole reason that Loki part was so great is that it teased like, oh my God, we're getting Kang right now. We're going to get more yeah. of this guy in the future. Yes, but I have thoughts on the future of Moon Knight, and I think we can go into this afterwards, but the lack of connection to the MCU and just the focus on the character then and now, I think made this so special. There's never been an episode of anything in the MCU like this. I, I 
just didn't even, I couldn't even tell I was watching the MCU show. And that is a good thing. There wasn't even like the ill-timed comedy aside from a hilarious Ned Flanders reference. Okay. Coming from Steven. That was an amazing reference and it perfectly encapsulates what I was thinking, but couldn't say and couldn't pinpoint regarding Arthur Harrow and therapist form. Just those moments and him reflecting on his past. Like I, my heart was like pounding and I felt so much pain for Mark, a character I didn't feel much for through first the first five episodes. I felt a lot more for Steven, but they flipped the script on you. You felt more for Mark here. And then seeing Steven be confronted with the fact that he is an identity that was conjured by Mark to someone for someone that can basically face his mother or at least like find an escape from his mother who brought him so much pain and the darkness that came from his childhood. And seeing him act as Steven there too, seeing that, I mean, his Steven's low point from a guy who's so jovial most of the time, this wasn't, I just, I can't say how good it was. I can't, I don't know what else to say. Incredible. The storytelling part of it is incredible. We didn't even talk about the tragic loss of his brother that kind of catapulted the, the trauma with his mother. And then obviously the trauma, like, dishonorably discharged from the military or Marines or whatever had to become a mercenary and then about to kill himself. And then Conchu takes advantage of his DID, this uh, dissociative identity disorder and basically and takes advantage of not only that, but also his mercenary skills and about to kill himself and be like, all right, you're going to be moonlight night here. Like, like there's just so much guilt and trauma with this guy that Oscar Isaac does such an incredible job portraying, but also portraying the other side of it as well as Steven with trying to like understand it at the same time and like processing it like us, which is very helpful for us. And like throughout this season, like what have we seen? Steven calling his mother, right? There's been hints at this throughout. And finally, like they lay it all on us, which also was the reason why as a television series, an episode within a series or a season why this was so good as well because it it gave us some clarity and clarity that uh like my expectations with the clarity aspect of it the storytelling over over like they definitely exceeded that they exceeded my expectations there so again my thoughts on how good this episode was i agree like critically speaking this was like incredible but again if this is the only season of moon knight that we ever get and we not, we don't get any action out of this guy who's supposedly like a Batman figure. That's just, that's a letdown. So I won't say that this won't be the best season of Marvel or series of Marvel ever, because arguably it already is. I per, per, preferably go Loki as of right now. But if there's multiple seasons of this and we get to see him in the suit more, then I will totally take back 180 my take here. I was going to save this question for the end, but you're, I see so many hints at it within your monologue. You just went on. Do you think we're going to get Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight beyond this season, anything in any project? Or do you think this is it? I think he's bigger. I think he's bigger like than just this. So I could see a movie or out. Like doing multiple seasons of this, 
I just don't see it for a guy that has not, no pun intended Oscar aspirations, like the Academy Award aspirations. And he's already done franchise. Like he was in Star Wars. He talked about, he doesn't want to get tied down to another franchise similar to Ethan Hawke, those guys, they just, they want to be like a mix of artsy fartsy and also like going for awards. Like this isn't that, like, this is like Emmys. Like, no, no, we're bigger than that as an Oscar Isaac is Ethan Hawke is. So at the end of the day, it comes down to that. I think, I think he would like to, and I think he probably will win an Emmy for this after this episode. Like for sure. I think, I don't know what's going to beat that for this genre will be very difficult. I just don't see it, which again, like goes back to my monologue, which you referenced. It's like, this is going to be the only season and we don't get a lot of Moon Knight, which kind of stinks. But I do see the other side of it as well. After this episode, I don't think we're ever going to see Oscar Isaac be Moon Knight again. Yeah, I think completed the arc here almost. You know? The thing is, this character, Moon Knight, he's known for like these different identities, right? Changing suits. And it seems like Stephen, I mean, excuse me, Mark has confronted this other identity that he conjured up and they've come together as one. All right. Uh, Mark has told Stephen right about his past, has let him know his origins and he is reconciled. And it feels like this character, we're not going to see these multiple personalities. It looks like throughout the next episode and potentially into the future. And Oscar Isaac seems like he's put so much into this limited series that this might be the first MCU project where there are no further connections. This is it. And it's looking like I, have, I have a hard time seeing the Moon Knight that comic book fans love be portrayed in the future, okay, for another movie or for a team up. Like, I just don't see that happening just because of the lack of connections with the rest of the MCU. And that it hurts to say, but like this project as a whole has a chance to be one of the best MCU projects ever made as, as a limited series itself. And that's sad. Like I would love to see Oscar Isaac return to it, but I just, I, the more I see the show, the less probability I'm, it has of him appearing again, just by the trajectory of it. But I kind of love how this is it. As long as the last episode pans out here, then I'm glad like they won't because like, what do we see in television shows? They go on for too long or they did an extra season or something like that. Or it's just like they try to make a story out of something and it's just not as deep or thorough. This is deep and thorough. This has the depth, the arc, the acting, like this has everything you want and it's only one season. And you have like the high profile actors here as well. So why like fluff it up to extend this just for us? I rather just let things like die. Like I, there's way too much Hollywood where we just don't let things die. Like look like the IP environment that we're living in. We don't right. let anything die. So I'd rather just have this one great season as long as it ends properly, which is next week. As long as what, it ends properly, that's all I want to see. And what's, what's fascinating is at this time, Kevin Feige is currently at a, on a retreat with a bunch of Marvel executives planning out the next 10 years of Marvel, it'd be hard to say after the, the success of the show right now that they're like, okay, we're not going to have Oscar Isaac return as Moon Knight. That seems nuts. But it's, the best part of this show is that it's story first. It's character first. It's not IP first, like, which is so oppositional to like recent MCU projects we've seen. Well, that's, that's why like DC... 
not the DCEU. This is like DC. their Joker. Like, is, you know? Yeah, exactly. They're Batman. So like, so, like, they shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be trying, like, they sh- like at, when I say shouldn't, I mean, like, they obviously should for money purposes and, like, you know, like, potential down the road, like, Oscar Isaac and, like, I don't know, like, Kit Harrington meeting up or Marshall Ali teaming up for the MCU. That's on paper amazing. But, like, just what we, you just talked about, like, story-wise, character-wise, like, critical-wise, critical like, you don't want to see that. That's why you see, like, DC, like, when they do these separate spinoffs outside the universe, they do so well and even get Oscar recognition. They're analyzed differently by yeah. an like audience. This could, be, this could be, like, an avenue where MC, like, Marvel, who cannot, like, besides Black Panther, obviously a unique scenario there, they cannot get Oscar recognition maybe this is where they get recognition by the Academy doing like movies that are separate from the universe, but they're so focused on the MCU and that's where they've made their bread and butter with infinity war and Endgame. They probably will never do that, but this is like an avenue they, they probably could. I can't see them making a movie that's not connected. It's so ingrained yeah. with the Marvel it's, DNA. Yeah. They, it's, a it's series just, like this, I see because first of all, it's not on the big screen. There's been like right now it's been successful. You have the actors here, like a Joaquin, like when you think about Joker, he wasn't going to be a part of a franchise. Like it just didn't, it wouldn't fit like Oscar Isaac. It just seems like he's getting to the point where he's not going to be a part of a franchise. He's like, he has so many other things he can do and will do. Right. And you see like these names that are associated, most associated with Marvel with aside from like Benedict Cumberpatch, you think of like what Chris Hemsworth, like, he is Thor, right? Oscar Isaac, he's Moon Knight, but he can be so much more. And you look at Chris Evans, he's Captain America. He's trying other things. He's now separated from Marvel, but it seems like he's always going to be Captain America no matter what. Yes. Robert Downey Jr. is transformed. He had this successful career before Oscar nominated actor, but he is now Tony Stark. Oscar Isaac is a whole different animal. He is he's so much more Isaac. and he's proving it, you know? And the fact that he's not in a suit most of the time. He is, you can recognize him by his face almost throughout the entire season. It just puts him on a different level. And it, it also helps, like, you, you can't call him Moon Knight or Mark because he's also Steven. Like, it's just like he's doing two roles and then he's playing a superhero. It's just, he, it's all over the map. And he's doing such a great job that, like, he's going to get the critical success. He is getting it right now. I am a li- I will say, another thing I hate, which we have started to see here on Twitter is after every single episode, just people like, like obviously Oscar Isaac, unbelievable performance, but we don't need to constantly just keep like, I don't know, like yapping away. This one was different. This one was different because it was, it was like, I agree. Cause like episode four, three, two people like, were just like expanding upon his awesome performance in episode one, but it's, this episode where he's facing the emotional trauma reacting to it as two different people one person that's returning to it another person identity that's being confronted with it for the first time that is so hard to do in the same episode but i'm just saying this was we've seen it he can go back and forth yes that's incredible right when he's in the mirror he can switch but like being in that moment right when his mom is beating him right abusing him and her taking out the belt, I'm just like, wow, like they're going to, they obviously weren't going to show anything, but just showing the emotion that was on Mark's face at that time, Steven, the horror on his face, it was just, it was perfect. It was literally perfect acting. Um, but I guess 
where where we should go from here because like we get it we know oscar isaac is amazing they close a lot of storylines here as you mentioned you got the storyline of uh his mother right where steven's talking on the phone all right not really knowing the past of him and mark's mother the true past you have the storyline of conchu um how he met Mark and Mark took on the Moon Knight suit for the first time. I think they went a little too quick um, confronting the Layla's dad aspect. I felt like that they almost didn't very have enough quick, time in the quick. episode, but almost it wasn't going to trump what was happening. And the, the what mother was gonna, trauma was the key. Right. And then going beyond that, I wrote down something else. Just give me one second. Well, they didn't um, like they didn't close some storylines as well. Well, I'm just thinking of the ones specifically that the question marks between Steven and Mark. I think they did a good job bringing that as a whole. And that was mm-hmm. like the point of the episode, ending this arc, this relationship okay. these two have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, obviously, we have a whole nother episode to go. We have still so much on the table. We'll do predictions in a sec. But I guess, I mean, which moment made you feel the most emotional during this? Like, what really got you? What was that moment? Well, there was, I think there's three for me. And I think if I go reverse order, first was the Steve, the Steven, sorry, third was the Steven death. Sorry, the second was the Steven death. Third was when um, Mark's like, don't go in that room and you don't know what's in there yet. But it's like, oh no, what's going to happen in that room? And like that hits you. But then the first one's obviously when the mom grabs the belt. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. So that was like, Jesus. But I think like the Stephen Grant, just because you're with him the entire time and then he just, he's dead, allegedly. I have my theories on that, uh, allegedly. That obviously like he was like the main guy over Mark. So like your main character dying, like that's a, like a big twist there. Yeah, so I think the moment with Stephen dying at the end, turning to stone and being left behind from the ship that is presumably sailing towards like actual life, all right, away from the underworld and the afterlife. I thought that was a great sequence. We actually predicted that. Like we we said, like there was like there was going to be an emotional like separation between the two and the potential death of Stephen. We nailed that. Um, but like seeing Stephen dom like actually like accept the fact that they are the same body. And him taking on those, those, I guess, skeletons slash like uh, former like people that Mark has killed, right? Like on the souls. ship, him just like becoming Mark in that moment. It was a great moment that kind of symbolizes they are now one, they are together. So that was great. And then watching Mark like be proud of himself, you know, watching <laughs> yeah. Steven do that, it's a little weird, but I thought it was awesome. But the parts that got me emotionally, other than that moment, um, the moment where he's at his mother Shiva and he is out oh, the yeah. window and he's there's drinking. so many, like I just thought of a and, bunch more. And it just, like, it was so, this hit you everywhere, man. Like every the, five minutes, it was like, my God, it's like he's outside, he's drinking and his dad's looking through the window, grabbing the window, telling him to come in. And he says, no, he takes off the yarmulke, starts slamming it. He can't handle the emotion uh, and the trip that he's gone on to go see his mother right at, at her funeral. He now can't confront it, so he turns into Stephen, and Stephen yeah. calls his mom immediately. It's comfort for him, so he doesn't have to face these things again. Like yeah. that wasn't a moment where I'm like, "Wow!" Like that is that that that's them tackling the DID, and people were questioning how that was going to be, and that exemplified like 
the, what this person was going through. And then at the end, bringing them together. Right. So they're facing this as one, like great storytelling. Yeah, no, for sure. Some other ones I just thought of actually that were more impactful when they're in the room with all the dead souls. And then Steven's like, what, what's a kid doing in here? You're like, Oh my God, did he kill a kid? And then when yeah, you figure that's out, what like, I was thinking too. five minutes later, like, it's like, well, like it was his younger brother and like, like you know he died right in front of him right drowned right in front of him that scene was powerful and then low-key the birthday scenes that's uh, that was so like i was gonna sad. say that first birthday scene i was like that was just how, tough and and him to have that that young of an age like you believe that would leave you with trauma where yeah. it's at that young of an age you're being blamed for your older brother's death and then going beyond that your mom can't even sit with you on your birthday like i, I get like choked up even thinking about that right now like this, yeah. like that, that would leave a kid like haunted, like just but like a kid, he's like, moment. he was, and he's like also old enough to like understand it. Yeah. He'll remember yeah, he wasn't, it. Like he it's wasn't a like memory for him and, and him shielding Steven from it saying, don't go through that door. Don't go here. Don't go there. And then finally letting him in, you know, it was just heartbreaking. Um, but also it made sense for the episode. It was yeah. tough to watch, but necessary to watch. Uh, I guess beyond that, I guess great moments all throughout, but I do want to talk about um, after a tease in episode four of a certain sarcophagus uh, in an identity that was potentially in there, we got no Jake Lockley this episode. Um, do you think that was just like a hint and uh, almost like an Easter egg for Moon Knight fans? Or do you think there's a way that Mark's going to have to confront this identity disorder and all of a sudden welcome back another identity like Jake Lockley. Do you think that is going to happen in episode six or do you think it's just an Easter egg? That wasn't the only Easter egg of Jake Lockley though. Cause there was moments throughout this season where Steven and Mark are like, that wasn't me. They both say that wasn't right. So like they've already be closed at some point. Yeah. So there's too many Easter eggs for them not to bring it up this season. And that's why, like I mentioned, another season possibly because, like, I don't know how they're going to add that while also freeing Khonshu, while also acknowledging Layla, while also acknowledging Harrow. And they got to defeat this Harrow guy, which they are the furthest away from defeating at the moment right now. So it's like they're, they have to conquer all four of those storylines within 50 minutes. Like, I don't know how it's possible, I, I, including introducing a new identity. Um, and, like, another, like, again, like, I just think that it was a lot. I don't think there'll be a second season and I don't think that would, it would bring Jake Lockley in at the end, but I'm just saying like, that's why I thought of a second season. Cause it's just so many things to do in 50 minutes. I was going to say, I'm, I'm most excited during this week lead up to see the runtime of this next episode, because there is so much to cover, right? You got to have potentially another identity come in. Like you said, you have to have, Mark reconcile with Layla. Potentially you have to go free Conchu. You got to take on Arthur Harrow and Amit, right? It's so much to do. I, I think I'm afraid that this ne- next episode is going to feel very rushed and kind of spoil the first five episodes where it's yeah. going to be like, okay, maybe like almost like a game of Thrones syndrome where it's too much squeezed in. All right. But almost, this is like just for the finale too much is squeezed in. Right. Yeah. So that's definitely a fear I have. Um, any predictions you have beyond that going into the next episode? I I really don't know what's going to happen. Do you think Layla potentially like would have gone to Khonshu off camera? 
like maybe How? by the time she's probably caught by Hera right now. We don't maybe, know. but like she also has a certain set of like mercenary skills. You know, she could eventually like maybe not mercenary. She doesn't really kill people, but her going to Kanchu, and then you have them recon- you have them reconcile at the beginning of the episode. Then they take on Amit and Hera. I know we mentioned it before, but like freeing Kanchu and acknowledging that she'll be the next Moon Knight, like that could be a scenario there. I still think Jake Lockley is going to happen. It has um, to. They're like that would be whether, such a hole here, or it's just that's a Marvel Easter egg that they are just like be, it'll be way teasing too much. fans like to pain. <laughs> you know, it's just like they want to see ridiculous. that so bad. I think it's it's not even a tease. It's like a part of the season, though. It's like a part of the yeah, because he's he's killing people as yes. or 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 it's just. Uh, I mean, I could also see if there is going to be a season two or a movie like after this, right? Hint at Jake overtly right before the episode ends right but we both think that this is the only one so i think that we both think that this is going to happen next episode so another far-fetched one or no sorry i'll say one theory he comes in when they're facing Amit and just takes over or something like that i don't know um another one could be is steven really dead like does he save steven in a way or save mark well no no no, steven no no, no. i know i thought you meant like steven has to come back to save mark yeah, and Jake saved Steven. I don't know. That's too stupid. Like, like, I don't know, man. Like they're like he's locked up in a, in that uh, sarcophagus. You have trouble saying that. Really terrible sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like he's turned to stone. He's a soul, Steven. That is. Maybe he just needs someone else in the underworld to help free him. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not going to confirm that he's dead or not. I'm just saying that's a possibility. I don't, that's not my main theory here. All I know is that I think this is like the most wide open, like Loki, we kind of like knew like, Oh, the, the multiverse is going to get open here. Kang's going to play a factor. We kind of like, like some stuff that happened at the very, very end. We didn't see coming in Loki, but like we kind of knew this was like much more wide open. I think. The more I think about the Lockley thing, as the third identity, the more I think I want to switch my tune and say there's going to be a season two. Well, again, like, you know is, what I mean? It's it, just well, not because, like, if it's a show, you could have like stories that are subplots that carry over into other seasons. Like, you could have this Lockley thing overtly teased at the end of this next season and go into the next uh, season, right? So, you think that the end of- comes back for a second season? I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like it's a lot to put into this one episode to introduce an identity after he just reconciled with another identity. That, I agree. That I, makes I, it super hard. And I guess, man, I don't know. It's just tough. I guess if I had to put money on the table, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't put any money on the table. Cause I think it's going to be tough. I feel like it doesn't make sense to do another season, but it will happen now. <laughs> I don't know. They can't. They can't fit all this stuff. No, we don't know. And like, this is like the most wide open. I like WandaVision. We kind of knew, right? Like, we we we've known. Like Hawkeye, we definitely knew. It's just like he just fought off this identity. They just fought off this identity for five episodes, and then his entire life. And then they're gonna introduce another one, and just like yeah. Okay, let's get to some bigger questions Um, on the table here. Is Ethan Hawke gonna fight Oscar Isaac in this next episode? That's a big question. Yes, but he's gonna take on the. Is he gonna wear a suit? Yeah. Okay. He's going to take on Amit. And then he's he's going to be Kanchu, and it's going to be a one-on-one, mano-a-mano. And then while they are fighting, Kanchu and Amit are going to be fighting in the background, too. 
Right. It's yeah. going to be cool looking, but it also adds up to the classic Marvel ending with yes. a massive CGI, CGI fight. That was what I was going to refer to because Ethan Hawke, no way he has any athletic ability right now. Not old as Ethan Hawke. So well, he's like, not he's not going to be doing most of the fighting. Come on. Yeah. So like they're going to have to do it in a way with CGI as well with the suits. As that's what I'm afraid of here is little Shang-Chi CGI fest at the end. Not nearly to the same extent, but you know what I mean? And they did tease like in episode five when they put Kanchu and his figure on the wall against all these other gods yes. that were basically sent to or banished from ever existing. Mm. Like they might be unleashed too. So that might be mm. the big CGI fight we're talking about. Um, I do want I have one beef with this episode. I thought it was nearly perfect. But when they explained the scales at the beginning in the underworld, I couldn't follow it. I like, thought the I, hippo was bad. Like not bad, just like. I don't know, like why? It didn't really fit the tone of this episode. You, like, what were they doing in the sh- like, when Mark and Steven are fighting on the ship at the end? Where is she? And then she just appears out of nowhere on the ship again. It's just like yeah. she like, left for a second. It's like what? You just was go she downstairs? St- she was steering the You're ship a for a little bit, but then at the end, was she even on the ship? Like, like I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't understand how that worked exactly. But then again, you could say it's the supernatural. So it's like, yeah. And I really agree with you that it. the clarity of the underworld and how they're just moving room to room. But then all of a sudden the next room over is even though they went like around the whole asylum, the next room over is the ship again. Um, like a bunch of that clarity was a lot of that was unclear. But then I will say, I really did like at the end when like they thought they would be balanced and they weren't. And then it's Steven that's holding them back because he's not fully realizing that he's also Mark. Like he can do stuff like he can yeah. actually fight. He, that the was the same actually, person, even though they're different. Identities. Exactly. I liked that as well. Cause it wasn't all on Mark. Like this is also Steven because Steven, remember like what we talked about, like the protagonist, like he's shy. Like he would have never asked that girl out in the first episode. Right. But he goes on that date, but it was, I, and I, we can go on and on, but I'm just saying like, it's also on him. And his arc came to an end, but then a literal end. <laughs> that was such a cool moment when they when he pulled that scene off, and then they balanced it, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is awesome! They're now gonna go see Layla, woohoo!" And then he falls off the ship, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" No. <sighs> like after a whole episode of just trauma and sadness we have to say goodbye to like the funniest character yeah and then you get like a one that was the you root for him the most it hurt the most to see him leave i was like damn it then we got a thanos like resting uh freeze uh frame at the end with uh yeah in the field of reeds what a shot that was though right what a shot that was that was awesome Um, yeah that was good honestly that's all i got even any final any other final mentions here before we wrap up this recap Again, like it's been two and a half episodes or three episodes since Kanshu here. Like it's been a while. Layla, like not in this episode. Ethan Hawke. I can't wait Flanders, to hear. Legend. I can't wait to hear Kanshu's voice again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, where, where's where's the idiot? You know, I can't wait to see that. But uh, we're also no, excited like, about it. Or, or no, no, Mark approaching Kanshu. Layla, yeah. Layla not being able to like talk to Steven anymore. That's going to be. Yeah, but maybe she wow. likes she loves Mark more now because he's more understanding and more balanced and, of a person. And, but then again, he's got to talk about the death of her father and that whole shib- yeah. shebang. You know, that yeah, would be yeah. tough. Yeah, that would be tough. But then also, I'm just excited to see Ethan Hawke again in his element, non-therapist Ethan Hawke. He was, um, he was good in the last episode even better, but this one also very good. Limited, um, yeah. Like, I, like I think he, he, he's nailing everything here too, but this one was just Oscar Isaac. Take it from here, buddy. Yeah. 
Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's, this is Oscar Isaac's show for sure, but I, I'm excited to see Ethan Hawke kind of conclude his story too. Absolutely. Um, that's going to do it for our episode five recap of Moon Knight. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. We have some electric podcasts that came out this week. Check out the feed. We have the checkup featuring Johnny Depp and Amber Heard drama. We break down the latest Lightyear trailer. Uh, we talk about the, the, the rest of the D- the fate of the DC extended universe. Uh, we also had an episode, uh, a double review on the Northman and the unbearable weight of massive talent to fantastic interviews. One episode, check that out. Moon Knight uh, next week, we're going to do the finale right after, right? When we watch it, it's going to come out Wednesday evening. And then anything I'm missing, Ricky Flex, regarding episodes. I do I have say, go ahead. Sorry. So the TV, uh, sorry, movie release schedule. Oh, I, I forgot the draft. Oh, we, we, did that yet? we, we had the TV draft. Okay. Oh, that yeah. Came out, right, right. 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 That was fun. I was about <laughs> that, to mention, I was about to mention TV because in this weekend of movies, like nothing's coming out. When you said TV, I'm like, oh, we did a TV draft of the most anticipated shows of 2022. Amazing listen if you're a TV watcher. I think, I think, do we do a double TV review episode next week? Like Monday, we do Under the Banner of Heaven and The Offer. Man, I, I don't, I don't hate that, but I also have another idea. Since there's not a major, major release coming out this weekend, I did want to have uh, a predictions for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, 10 build predictions like we did for wow. Batman. Okay, we could do that. We could do both. Like we can, we can, we can push ourselves. Maybe do five episodes. I'm okay with that. I like Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, the offer, we're gonna have to talk about that. We, we the offer might be a that. one and done. We'll see. Yeah, like it I'm depends gonna, how good it's it is. It's a trial. It's a, I'm. I don't have Paramount Plus. I'll do the trial, and it's only gonna last like what a week or something, five days. And I'll watch the first one. I'm like maybe we don't review this one, okay? But we have to at least watch it. We have to see Dan Fogler as Francis Ford Coppola. We will at least recap the first episode. Yes, right? that's we're a movie point. podcast. We have to recap the, the Godfather show the of the Godfather. about the making of the Godfather. We don't have a choice. And also, this is the year of the comeback for Miles Teller that we have to document clearly. Is it though? Is it though? Top Gun, Spider Head, The Offer, not bad. We'll All right. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube, which uh, you might be watching right now. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at The Drive-In Podcast. Until next time, this is Dr. Owen Ricky Flick signing off. We will smell you.